Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I am, of course, your host, Kayla. Here with me is my twin, Kali J, baby. Quack, quack. It's (laughs) baby time. (laughs) Hell yeah. And today, we also have a king with us. Ah. (laughs) Oh. Hey, no speaking from the king till I say your name. come on. Cool, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're fucking so unhinged already. Okay, so real normals will remember a few months ago, we did this movie Relaxer for the pod and it ripped. And since then, I've personally been on a crusade to get everyone on Earth to watch the film. (laughs) And today is no exception. So today we have uh, our guest is a writer, director, actor, and he was the assistant director on that film in question, Relaxer. He was also an extra in the best Scream movie, aka Scream 4. <laughs> Yo, what? That's okay, but also not the best Scream. I'm so sorry. Shh. Colin, I'm not done. Not the best. Okay, god damn it. Many podcasts have tried to get this man on, but we are the first to succeed. <laughs> that will be our guest, Jackson Ezinga. Wow. Oh, wait, is that... Now you can talk. Is that, that is, true? No, that's that's the perfect uh, pronunciation. That's actually the first time I feel like in any sort of public forum someone's pronounced my last name right. So thank you. <laughs> well, to be honest, I cannot take credit because I did see I a YouTube say. video where you said your own name. What? Well, <laughs> yep. Gayla does intense research. <laughs> it's and like it an eight-second video. Yeah. <laughs> And all you say is, I'm Jackson Ezinga, and I did this movie. <laughs> then the whole video. Oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, truly, the only thing of you speaking online possibly available besides your actual like acting work. I think it might be, yeah. That was a long time ago, man. Well, thank you for that wonderful intro. Yeah, <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> it was great for me, psychologically. <laughs> the only times I've ever seen you uh, prior to today, all your acting roles are very scary. You being scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pretend to be normal, and then when I'm on screen, that's when I you know let my real self come out. So <laughs> yeah, you let the you let the proverbial beast yeah. out. <laughs> You're like Venom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is that how you identify? <laughs> I identify as Venom, yes. <laughs> oh my god. We've loosened up too much. Please help us. Um, <laughs> okay, I do have questions. Yeah, shoot. First of all, you have to tell me about Scream 4. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. All right, yeah, go off. It was I'm so gonna... wild because... Uh, I watched Scream 4 with a friend over the internet, and at the end, of course, it says filmed in Michigan. And, of course, I've already mentioned I'm trying to get everybody in the world to watch um, the Sobnoise movies. So I told my friend, hey, so wild, I just found all these movies by these people in Michigan. And then, lo and behold, what, like an hour later, this man comes over and is like, hey, I was an extra on Scream 4, lol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, they shot that movie in Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan, when I was in college. And I went to uh, Grand Valley State University. I studied film and video there. You know, class was fine and everything, but I felt the best way to learn was to actually get on sets. So I felt like, oh, 
for sure. There's this extras casting agency uh, in Michigan. I'll, I'll sign up for that. And uh, at the time, Michigan had the most generous film tax incentive in the nation. And so we had all oh, these movies shooting okay. all over the state. Yeah. And so that was just one of a few different films that I was a uh, background actor in. Wait, what else? Uh, was there anything as cool yeah. as Scream 4? Um, I was in <laughs> 30 Minutes or Less. <laughs> I don't know what that Jeff, is. Oh, okay. Jesse Eisenberg yeah, and Aziz yeah, yeah. Ansari. Yeah, that was pretty mm. fun. Yeah, with Danny McBride. Yeah, Danny yeah. McBride's in that too. I never saw it, but I'm aware. Yeah, it's a uh, shot and takes place in Grand Rapids, so you might want to check that one out. Uh, my hometown. I was in Oz the Great and Powerful okay, with, with, James, with Franco? James Franco and Michelle Williams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you watched that movie? I did. What, is it? It's a movie. I feel like it's insane. <laughs> Wait, do you agree the Scream Four is the best Scream? I think. Or what's your I opinion? think it's the second best Scream. Oh, what's your top? Yes. Uh, scream One. Yes. Scream One. I'm fucking normal. I'm normal. Oh my gosh. Me and Kali have been in a fight over what's the best scream. (laughs) Yeah, I I think the first one I I would argue is obviously the best, but I think it's a it's a very close toss up between Scream Four and Scream Two. I don't really Mm. Scream Three I'm not the biggest fan of. Scream three is bad. It's it's legit bad. (laughs) Disagree. Scream three is never Say Scream Three is bad. I will say it is well, the with worst the exception scream. of Parker. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> if you took Parker out of it, it's straight up a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, been so long. I think I've only seen it once because I watched it and I was like, "Oh, all don't, right." Don't don't do it again. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> Scream Three at least four times. <laughs> I used to have it on tape. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, um. Okay, I should ask you something not ridiculous. Yeah. Not Scream related. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I want to ask how you got involved with Sob Noise, but first, for the normals, we should tell them what that is. So tell them what that is, and then tell me how you got involved with them. Yeah, so Sob Noise is a filmmaking band uh-huh. and based, oh, yeah. based here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And when I say filmmaking band, it's kind of like, you know, the movies are our performances, and then we tour them at festivals, and pre-production is the rehearsal, and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's just a bunch of friends who get together and make movies. And so I kind of stumbled onto Sob Noise. I was unemployed after college and trying to find work anywhere. And one of my friends was like, hey, you should check out this filmmaker. His name's Joel Petrikas. He just had a movie that premiered at South by Southwest. He's in Grand Rapids. You should check him out. And I was like... Was that Buzzard at the time? Yeah, or that, what was, movie that was, uh, yeah. That was bu- uh, the movie Buzzard. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I friended him on Facebook and didn't talk to him because I'm anxious and socially awkward. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> and uh, then it was only like a couple weeks later, he posted a, a job posting for somebody to watch equipment overnight on this new movie mm, that they were yeah. shooting. Friends, future Kayla here coming in in post. During this episode, I got so excited to talk to Jackson that we just start popping off about stuff without ever saying what we are talking about. So we're about to talk about the movie Alchemist Cookbook, which Relax Your Heads Will Remember is the first of the Y2K trilogy from Sob Noise, um, came out before Relaxer. And this movie takes place entirely in the woods or in a trailer in the woods. So that's the pertinent info you need for the conversation to follow. And I will be back one more time. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Bye. And I was like, 
I mean, that's something. And it was paid, not very much, but I was just like, I mean, at least I'll be able to like be on a movie set and maybe meet some people. And once I got there, everyone was so cool and so nice and were letting me be involved more than just watching the equipment in the trailer that we shot in. Uh, I would, I would come to set early to help everyone pack up and then I'd stay overnight, make sure no one broke in and stole anything. You stayed in the woods in that trailer by yourself. I did. Yeah. yeah, For the first week of (laughs) shooting. Nuts. Yeah. It was, it was an interesting experience. Um, (laughs) Did anybody ever prank you? No, no one ever did. Um, Wow. Really? Yeah. Cause the days were so long once everyone was, Mm. once we wrapped. Too tired to prank? Yeah. They all just went to bed and and we were kind of out in the middle of nowhere too. So, um, but for insurance reasons, they needed somebody to, to look after it. Oh, um, I thought you were going to say mm. for insurance reasons they couldn't prank you. <laughs> That's what I, where I thought I was going oh, to. Oh man, there's, there were plenty of pranks on set, but not, yeah. not to me. While I saw I was... a couple in the, um, uh, sorry, I watched oh, the, the special, special features, features last yeah. night. <laughs> no, the, the sob noise sorry special features stand, are always but... fun. Yeah. <laughs> but after a week of, you know, me coming early to help pack up, I'd do the thing. And then in the morning I would stick around for a little bit to help them set up and kind of observe. And if they needed anything, I'd do it. And then I'd go to bed and do it all over again. And then I think it was yeah. the second day, Ashley Young, who's Joel's now fiance, mm-hmm. said, Hey, we think you're really cool. Do you want to like, when you're done with this uh, week of watching the equipment, do you want to hang out? Do you want to be a PA? Do you want to help us make this movie? And I said, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So it just started from there. I, and then I was a PA on that movie for the rest of the shoot. And I also premiered at South by Southwest. And when it got mm-hmm. in, they invited me and said, yeah, come on out. And it was just an awesome group of filmmakers and friends that I just hadn't felt that connection with in probably since I was, you know, making you found movies. Your people. Yeah, I found my people. Like it felt yeah. like uh felt like making movies with my friends and like my younger brothers and stuff when I was, you know, just with a high camcorder. It had that feel like we're all just having fun making a movie. You know, yeah. And so yeah. I haven't looked back. We just kept making movies together. So that rocks. Yeah, Aww. that's like a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Everybody that we've talked to from Sob Noise has been such big sweeties. So nice. Yeah, you got a band of sweeties. Yeah, band, crew. band of punk sweeties. That's yeah. Kind of, I guess our brand. I don't know. It is I, like I can't a... speak for it because I. But... Hell yeah. Because you're the baby of the group. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. But it is like sort of a punk collective. Like I used to be part of a punk collective yeah. in indie and mm-hmm. it's same vibes. It's like a big family. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Love. Hell yeah. How did you even as young baby Jackson, what got you into <laughs> filmmaking? What gave you the balls? <laughs> Being uh, like a, yeah. a kid in Michigan, like <laughs> who, gay, who freaking made you king of film? I I think uh, who made you a literal king? Yeah, I think uh, I think DVD special features are to blame. Really? Yeah. Because oh. I, I mean, I always I watched movies a bunch growing up. I mean, it was something that that I really enjoyed. Wait, doing. so not and, allowed know, to listen to normal music, but you could but watch, I could watch movies? movies? Yeah, and then any movies. Um, no. Or did you have a no, type? For a while, it was pretty restrictive. But then once my parents saw how interested and how passionate I was about filmmaking, they kind of started to mm. loosen their uh, their restrictions. But yeah, I think when DVDs started becoming more prevalent and when I got a DVD player and I'd watch all the special features, I was like, look at these people. They're making these movies and I got to see how they were doing it. And I was like, that's their job. Like, I want to do that. That looks so yeah. cool. And so I just 
would obsessively watch all these behind the scenes featurettes and stuff and just keep getting inspired and keep trying to learn things and I was just like yeah that's that's what I want to do and that does rocks. This, yeah do, do you have a specific like special features film that you're like oh man watching this fucking blew me away or was formative or whatever yeah so this is probably gonna sound dated now maybe he's making a bit of a comeback but M. Night Shyamalan's uh, special features I thought were always awesome like yeah. yeah on all of his movies he would always put a home video that he made when he was a kid like around my age oh, wow. oh. and so i i was always really inspired by that as well it's like oh if he mm-hmm. you know he, he made movies just like i'm doing right now like i hopefully can be there someday but Aww. yeah yeah <laughs> so that's, that's such a cute story <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, well, okay, one thing I learned about Relaxer since we've done the app yeah. was that the crows in the movie were uh, <laughs> not only real crows, but provided through, what, your uncle or something my, who does taxidermy? My cousin, yeah. It was so, so funny. <laughs> we were at a family reunion, like, a couple weeks before we started shooting Relaxer, and I went up to my cousin, who's a taxidermist, and I was like, hey, do you have any, yeah. do you have any crows and he was like, no, I, I don't, but I guess I can look for some, or if any come Ooh. in, I'll, I'll let you know. And he called me the next day. <laughs> Go try and hit some with my yeah, car and no, see he, what happens. It was crazy, because he called me the next day, and he goes, you're not going to believe this, but I found a crow when I was driving back home from the family reunion on the side of the Amazing. road, and it w- had just been hit. Like, it's still very Fresh. freshly dead. Uh, do you want what me? a mitzvah? <laughs> like, and he goes, are you allowed to use that word? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're cool. <laughs> yeah. So he goes, it is. It's a blessing. <laughs> it was. It was a blessing. I was like, wow. Uh, yeah. Can you? Could you taxidermy that? And he said, absolutely. <laughs> and so then, uh, it was about a week later. We were just about to start shooting, and. Here comes this taxidermied, freshly taxidermied crow that he had put like a rock in its head because I told him that we were going to be throwing it through a window and it had to break the Mm -hmm. window. So he like weighted it down with a rock and that's the one that flies through the window and then... Oh my um, gosh. (laughs) I need to get me a taxidermist contact. (laughs) (laughs) They're useful to have, yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know when I'm going to need something, but I can guarantee you I'm going to need something. And as soon as... (laughs) And as soon as you ask, you know, it will manifest itself. Like that's what yeah. I that's what I've learned. So Yeah. It just never would have occurred to me that those crows were even real. Yeah. <laughs> super weird. And because Wait, it the, because it was yeah. a rush job, it actually still smelled really bad. Like he didn't he wasn't able to oh, fully yeah. Like, yeah. he wasn't able to like fully cure it, so it was actually pretty disgusting but <laughs> that rules uh, that helps with you know real reactions i mean that whole set smelled like shit so it's just i can't <laughs> imagine i kudos to you truly like i i think obviously one of the primary goals of, of filmmaking is is to you know create feelings within the viewer just oh, yeah. on a very base level and felt gross as fuck watching relaxer man <laughs> colin was well, very grossed out by well it. Yeah. well done you captured uh i don't know if you've heard the term couch guys oh yeah like, the hot couch guys for sure like <laughs> to a t and i felt so uncomfortable oh yeah watching your movie uh, it's really outstanding Thank you. Yeah, it was, I, I was telling Kayla before uh, you logged on. It's definitely the fav- my favorite project I've ever worked on. So hell yeah. yeah! What makes it your favorite? I think it was just the 
you know, getting the band back together again type thing. And, and it was yeah. a little bit bigger in scope, uh, not in setting, obviously, but yeah. it was just kind mm-hmm. of a bigger production. We had a few more people involved and some, mm-hmm. some fun actors to work with, too. And, yeah. And it was just kind of like it had kind of that summer camp feel where the shoot was only about two weeks or a little over two weeks. And just yeah, being yeah. with your buddies every day, making a movie. And then, you know, post-production, we were all involved in that as well. Like Joel would send us cuts when he had them and we'd give mm-hmm. them feedback. And so it just from, you know, script to distribution and festivals and everything, just the whole ride was just, it just so felt fun. never ending. And then when it finally did start to wind down, it's like, oh man, well, let's look forward to the next one, I guess. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, your partner was in Relaxer too, right? Yeah, he is. Uh, my partner, Gene Na, was cast, I think a day before we started shooting. <laughs> we still didn't have that, <laughs> that Joao role cast yet. And yeah. he was going to be taking photos on set. And then, like, we brought him to set, and he's, Joel said, hey, do you want to read this? Do you want to do this scene? Gene was like, oh uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but he did it, and, and he, was a, he was a good sport about it. And I think he did great in the movie. Like, I, he did. Yeah. He did really good. Yeah. But he's not much of an actor. Uh, he's, he's a photographer yeah. and uh, more recently director. I've kind of been bringing him into the video world a little bit. Yeah. But, no, I, I don't think he's ever – I think that was his acting debut kind of in any sense of the word. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. That rules. Hell yeah. yeah. Kali, you got any more questions before we get to movie? Are we talking about license and registration at all? Oh, oh we, we can, can totally yeah. talk about that. Future Kayla here again. Okay, License and Registration is a short film that Jackson wrote, directed, and stars in where he plays a person who kind of goes unhinged and decides to impersonate a cop and chaos ensues. Okay, back to the ep. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Thank um, you. Wha- <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> why? Why'd you do it? Um, like what? What was? Yeah. What, like what? That's a fair question. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, yeah. I, like, I loved it. Did not expect any of that to happen. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of what I go for is the unexpected, which might yeah. be cheesy. I don't know, but like I don't know. I, I I read this story, this news story, when I was in high school. I used to deliver the paper, and then this headline caught my eye. It was like police impersonator arrested after pulling yeah. over two cars, and I was like. He pulled over two cars before he got arrested. Like, what, what, what was wrong with this guy? And I, I've been looking for that article ever since, and I haven't found it. But there's so many other articles of people who who do this, and I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to make a movie about somebody who was doing it for reasons that maybe didn't start nefarious, but once he dug himself into a hole, couldn't get out of it. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it just seemed like a interesting story to tell visually. And then I've had the feature in mind for a long time, but then there came a time where I had the money and the time to do a, a short in a couple of days. And so I was like, I'll just do this. But yeah. 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 Well, I got to tell you, I'm obsessed. I love it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's truly, it's so, it's so tight. Like nothing is wasted. Everything's important. Nope. You tell the whole yep. story. You get the backstory, what's happening now, where he's going to be in the future, all in that tight 10. Yeah. It's incredible. And I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
really yeah. outstanding. It was kind of on a whim, and I didn't know if people would dig it or not. You know, it was one of those things. Where no, it's it just rocks. like <laughs> because then it's also it's also funny yeah. and it's also scary. Um, yeah, at, at the end where you're where the sound and you kind of mesh into one thing. Yeah, uh, horrifying it scares me. Yeah, I I, I find it kind of <laughs> scary as well. Like, and, and I think why is it's it just, so scary? I, <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> I think there's, you know, I didn't make it as a political statement, but I think Mm, that it's impossible not to be affected by kind of the state of our relationship with police currently. And I I think that I wanted to kind of tell a story about someone who was literally unfit to be a police officer and kind of show the potential (laughs) consequences of that. It's so fun. That rips. Yeah. Oh, my God. You want to talk about this movie? We watched the 2020 film Baby Teeth, and Jackson picked this movie off my list. I did. Tell us why you picked the movie, without spilling too many beans. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a movie that I'd heard about, I think, mostly on Twitter. Like, I just saw a lot of mm-hmm. people recommending it, and I saw that it played at Venice, yeah. and uh, it's just like... that. And when I was look- going through your list, I was like, oh, like, that poster jumped out at me. The blue-green hair was cool, and I was like, oh, I've heard of this one. Might be good. And then I also read the description, like, the brief description, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, no, this sounds a lot like a script that I wrote that I haven't made yet. <laughs> So I was kind of curious to see like how close it was, and it turned out not being very close at all. You were so ready to start would, a feud. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, feud avoided. It's it's uh, not the same. So. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so running through the cast on this, we have Eliza Scanlon, who was in Devil All the Time, which we previously did on the pod. Good movie. Yo. Well, I think it's good. Colin hated it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's also in the newer Little Women movie. Toby Wallace, who's in nothing I've ever seen, but he was great in this movie. Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, I don't know if that's how you say his name. Uh, he was in Ready sure. Player One. <laughs> He's in a buttload of stuff. In the out- he is the in a outsider, buttload of stuff. Uh, Dark HBO. Knight Rises. Okay, there you go. There's some other examples. Also, Essie Davis, who's in The Babadook, famously, and Game of Thrones. Oh, shit. Is that Mama Duke? It's Mama Duke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Ah! She's great. Right. I didn't know it was her. I couldn't. Oh, look. I'll out myself. If a woman changes her hair color, I cannot tell that she's the same woman. Okay, wow. I'm... Misogyny. <laughs> So Baby Teeth was probably pretty confusing then. Yeah, I, I was like, who's this new girl? Wow. What? That was a great um. <laughs> Kali, tell us what the critic scores are. Uh, cricket scores here. Why did I go to Wikipedia? I don't need that. Uh, cricket scores, Rotten Tomatoes, coming out the gate. 94. What? In the middle. All right. Cricket. 77. <laughs> Famously the middle. <laughs> this is the middle score. The next score okay. will be higher than this. Okay. Google users, 89%. Okay, nice. So yeah, not too bad overall. Yeah. <laughs> not, not I'm sorry, bad. I was clapping for me. <laughs> um, the, no, the cricket scores are great for this movie. <laughs> we should watch the trailer and we'll get into it. I hate to ask you this. I'm trying to put some money together to get a bed in the shelter. I only got 50. 50? That's too much. I can't. You can split it. Uh, no, no, no. 50 is okay. If I give you 50, you have to do something for me. Is this a style? I was going for rat's tails. You look like a different person. What have you done with my daughter? I killed her. 
Oh my god. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? You make a habit of befriending girls that are significantly younger than yourself. Oh my god. Mila's obsessed with that boy. She's a smart girl. Mila, that boy has problems. So do I. What are you looking at? Piss off. Oh, God. I lost my hair. It looks cool. It's like way better than the one that I gave you. No. <laughs> I'll do anything. Can he please stay? Mila, he threatened me with a meat prong. You threatened my wife with a meat prong? <laughs> I don't want to hurt you. So don't. Moses! Wait, Henry, Henry! Mila should have the world at her feet right now. I have no idea what you're feeling. I can't feel anything because I can't breathe because you take up all the air. I think something in you has changed. When I met you, it was like you weren't scared of anything. I don't think the world would be this big or weird if we become obsessed with functionality. She's going to be OK. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> This is the worst possible parenting I can imagine. Okay, before anything is said, and with no context for you, Jackson, yeah. I do want to say, the top of this discussion, that Moses is Kayla's soulmate. <laughs> and dream, par- like, dream partner to have in life. What? Yeah. Is that an attack? Absolutely. <laughs> Drag my ass. What? <laughs> Go elaborate. <laughs> All right. You have literally told me that when you were in high school, no, you're absolutely you right. dated like a blankety ex old man, <laughs> older than you. <laughs> this is going to be relevant to the story. So should we give story context before we go dragging my past into the conversation? No. <laughs> they got the trailer. Okay, they know yes, what's going on. Colin's literally right. <laughs> I wouldn't say dream partner, I think was your words. But I would say that everything about this man in this movie uh, and every action that he takes... <laughs> Throughout this movie, uh, yeah, have I literally dated this exact guy? Um, yeah, many times. <laughs> <laughs> have so, I literally had my friends come over and steal my mom's drugs when I was in high school? Um, yes, literally. <laughs> so you related, you related to this film on a on a very personal level. Yeah, yeah. So I am. <laughs> it's it's interesting for me. Uh, I'm interested to see how y'all related to this movie because it was so fucking personal to me. It was literally yeah. a personal attack on me and my yep. uh, <laughs> me and Old my time. youth. Okay, look, I'm grown now. I'm far separated from those times. Not as though I don't still date scrubs. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, act like you're doing. <laughs> that much better (laughs) i'm ribbing you i'm ribbing you but uh yeah so much of this movie was literally me and my youthhood so i i'm interested to see how y'all relate versus how i 
related. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple points that I found myself, like, relating to the movie or finding it affecting me in a yeah. personal way. The movie's strength lies in its simplicity in that at its core like everyone has a family dynamic in their own life so everyone's going to relate to this at least on that level Mm -hmm. of like yeah parents can be a pain in the ass sometimes or like yes my wife and i are struggling because of outside factors this movie's really fucking great and it really the beans (laughs) oh yeah spoiler alert this movie's outstanding (laughs) and it's outstanding this movie's really bleep It's so good because of how much it offers the audience, like, of how broad of an audience it can bring in, I think. Sure. I agree with that. I I think that it didn't charge too hard in one direction. It felt broad, and I think once I was finished watching it, I thought maybe too broad. But Mm -hmm. I think that once I kind of started thinking back on it and kind of writing some notes out, that I think that's why it worked. Because I I feel like coming-of-age movies are very hard to do right. Yeah. I feel like... um, I agree. I I don't know. Someone's favorite coming-of-age movie could be somebody's least favorite. You know, they usually lean Mm -hmm. too hard into one aspect of that moment in your life. And I think that this one kind of covered a wide range of that moment uh, or that, that time in people's lives. Sure, yeah. So this movie was based on a play of the same name. And the person who wrote the play also wrote the screenplay for this, so... There's not a ton of locations, huh? There's like three, maybe three main locations. Yeah. Yeah. The play has a much different structure than this movie. I mean, obviously I haven't seen the play, but I did read reviews about it. Oh, (laughs) the next best thing. So we are set in Australia, mates. So we open with... Mila. Mila? I almost can't say her name with like an American accent because it doesn't sound the same yeah, as how it does in the movie. Mila. <laughs> Mila. Mila? Mila. Yeah. Wait, y'all do it. Mila? No. Moses? Mila. <laughs> Moses? Mila? Moses? I don't know. Mila? <laughs> no, Jackson, you had it. <laughs> We're doing great. We can pass for proper Australians, mate. Colin loves doing accents on the pod. <laughs> oh, I love it. What was that? Which one's that? Was that I think that, that's when you're trying to do Fly of the Concords. Yeah, that almost sounded Kiwi. Uh, I don't think it sounded yeah. like New Zealand at all, but I, does, I, I, I do think I it's just exactly a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> it does sound like Colin trying to do New Zealand. <laughs> and it sounds like Colin doing a New Zealand accent. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we can move on from the accent. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna cut so much of this out. Nope, um, <laughs> I got my daily like six minutes of doing accents on the podcast. In I feel good. All right, so we, yeah, Mila is going to maybe jump on some train tracks at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's kind of giving them eyes when she gets pushed by this rat tail man with face tattoos. <laughs> Such a good job at conveying so oh much God. of a character. Literally perfect casting, oh, in my yeah. opinion. I, I can't say that everyone knows someone like this, because I'm sure they're freaking normies. Not normals, but normies. Normies, there's a difference. Uh, yeah. Yeah, who may who may not have who walked on the wrong side of the tracks. But like, <laughs> we've all seen this guy, at least. Yes, we've all seen yeah. this. We may have, like, an, an extra bias because we're, like, in the Midwest. Yeah. Or, like... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got them all over down here. Yeah. We they got them down under. I know. It was nice to see that the, like, skeezy uh, drug... Di- Fuck. This dude, this dynamic, 
Yeah. This is what I deal with at work. Okay. I did. Colin works at a youth that. shelter. Okay. Yeah. So I deal with a lot of at-risk youth. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. They all look com- like this boy. No. Uh, well, no. <laughs> this boy is someone I don't see. But, but you just I, said you see this man alive. <laughs> well, I in my old social work job. This. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. My old social work job. I worked in rural Indiana mm-hmm. as like a, an at-home case manager. That oh, was okay nutso but i work with mila people like mila uh-huh. uh her age at least who are dating 26 year olds yeah and i keep asking myself like who the fuck are these 26 year olds dating 16 year olds like yeah and you know what thanks baby teeth you you really kind of it was like <laughs> you know who these people are I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah, so this man is 23. This girl is in high school, and she does fall, like, instantly in love with him. And, yeah, I thought it was kind of brave for them to be so problematic in the year 2020. (laughs) But, you know, it is true to – I felt like it was true to this girl, to this – To real life. I'll tell you, Colin's already dragged my ass, but when I was that age, for sure, all kinds of – no, I don't want to say all kinds, but... <laughs> Several. A couple. Say I know mans in their 20s who date teens, and it's real. <laughs> yeah. It's not to say it's not fucked up, but it's just simply real. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that... I mean, we haven't gone too far, but I think that it's yeah. it's innocent enough, at least, the Until relationship the that's, that, yeah, that's portrayed for, for a while. But yeah. And he does kind of fight it a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. So he's not the one doing the chasing, uh, more or less. <laughs> it's, uh, he's opportunistic. Yeah, he falls yeah. into it and he's like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's see. We've only gotten to the dude pushes her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 45 minutes into the podcast, which I love for us personally. So he's rat-tailed, he's got face tattoos, he's got stick and pokes everywhere. His tattoo on his face, Lulu, is French for the wolf, and he also has a big wolf tattoo on his hand, so he's something is going on there with him and wolves. Wolves are badass. What are you... (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, fair. Case closed. (laughs) He asks her for money, and she gives him 50 bucks, which is a big amount of money to just be given a dude. Right? I am like... Should I start asking for money? <laughs> but I don't know. It seems like maybe her parents are kind of well off, too. So, like, who knows? Like, she could maybe just go and ask dad and get another 50 bucks if she wanted. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. not you know? her money. It's it's her yeah. dad's money. So yeah, she, we what does out. she care? When I was a kid, yeah. I was committing all kinds of money to people. <laughs> One time uh, when I was 11, somebody prank called me and convinced me to donate $10 a month to, like, the fire department or something. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing, though. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I can donate prank. $10 a month. <laughs> I'm 11. <laughs> and I don't know. This is, I'll cut this. Yeah. Uh, this man used to <laughs> always call my house and, and ask for his girlfriend. And it, his girlfriend didn't live there. I don't know who his girlfriend was, but he would prank. I would answer and he always thought I was his girlfriend. And <laughs> so he would have these long pranks with me on the phone and then be like, ha Jenny, gotcha. And I'd be like, who is Jenny? I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> and he would be like, Jenny, quit playing. I know it's you. And I'd be like, I'm literally 11. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that so it was that guy. Times? <laughs> many, many times. Oh, and we had the same phone number for like so long. So I don't even know what the deal was there with him and Jenny. But oh, uh, it happened a lot of times. The rules so hard. <laughs> He convinced me to donate $10 a month to the fire. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, okay, movie. So she has fallen instantly in love with this man. Then we cut to like a therapy session going on. Mm-hmm. It's unclear, I think, at first what the these two people's relationship is and kind of what's going on here, except that he seems like a therapist and she seems like she's in therapy, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're initially like led to believe. Couch therapy, too. In movies, they love to do lay down therapy. Oh, yeah. Yep. It looks better. Is that even real? <laughs> I feel like I would look like a psychopath mm-hmm. if I walked into my therapist's office and laid down on her couch. I'll tell you, I'd feel weird laying down, talking to someone that is my friend that I know well. <laughs> uh, what do I do with my shoes? Like, do I take my shoes off? Do I put them on the couch? Is someone coming after me? Now I have it's lay down safe. face. This is strange. It's all, what do I do with my hair? Where's that going? I don't know. <laughs> stupid (laughs) you're already going in for therapy so clearly you already have like some kind of complex Um, and then they make you lay down and yeah (laughs) it's like too much yeah i couldn't do it (laughs) no no way and dude is like mowing down on a sandwich and they get into the bone zone (laughs) is that what you call it that's what i'm calling it right now (laughs) can certainly say that but this was, um, so in the middle of them um, doing sex, yeah. he takes a, a doctor phone call, which seemed just like a exact situation that happened in a movie we did recently for the pod. Kids are all right. Am I right oh. or wrong? Oh, yeah, you're right. Because not only did they bang and not reach completion, but then there was the second time, <laughs> there was the second time, but I'm not using normal words for it doing sex today um (laughs) but then there was the second time where they were getting hot and heavy and the Mm -hmm. wife left to go take a doctor phone call which happens in this movie he takes a doctor phone call and then they're disappointed he's a psychiatrist yeah anyway i just thought it was random okay that we just did a movie from 10 years ago that had the same shit happen the same everything's connected random oh okay random go off Oh my god. I came into this day with a normal brain and something has gone wrong. Okay, so yeah, I don't know what their <laughs> I don't know what their relationship is to each other. So, then we go back to the girl and the boy. The girl told the man, "If I give you $50, you have to do something for me." Oh. But what she wants is a haircut, and he cuts her hair with dog clippers, sorta, because they get interrupted because his mom comes home and he's kicked out of his house, so they have to run. They have to bolt. Out of there. After that's when we get the first title screen thing. Mm-hmm. So throughout the movie, we get these title screens. What do you all think about the title screens? They're like little chapters, kind of. And yeah, they yeah. are. I think sometimes it worked, uh, yeah. especially on some of the shorter ones where I wouldn't have yeah. known what was going on. But <laughs> sometimes they felt a little extra. Yeah, it was hit or miss for me. It was mostly hit. Did, Kayla, did you write them all down? Yes, I did. Okay, <laughs> thank you. So I'm going to go through them. We'll... The first yeah. one, when Mila brought Moses home to meet her parents. Do you know what? Fine. <laughs> That's fine. It felt to me it. like um, when you get a DVD and you have like the scene selection option yeah. and all the scenes are titled, but they just put it on the screen so that I love it. you already know what the scene title is. I thought it was fine at first, but towards the end, we start getting like every eight seconds, there's another title screen. Yeah, they started coming in fast. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could yeah. like hardly yeah. keep up with writing them down. <laughs> <laughs> It was so many, and it's like, 
okay, we don't need it to say on screen that like Moses made spaghetti because like we can literally see Moses making spaghetti. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, Jackson, like there are times when it did help when you don't know what's going on. Yeah. So. And hit or we'll miss. We'll probably get yeah. to that one later. But. So, uh, as I said, Bila brought Moses home to meet her parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's when we find out who the man and lady from earlier were, that it's mm-hmm. her mom and daddy. Ben Mendelsohn and Essie Davis. Boom. There Boom. you go. Yeah. Faces you know. You think so? I didn't know the man. Yeah. He's in I've the seen, MCU. Yeah. Y'all said he's in everything. I've seen all the MCU by, movies. Yeah, I didn't recognize him. Pines, <laughs> he's in Captain Marvel and Spider-Man Far From Home. Rogue One. I'll tell you, I've seen all of those movies. <laughs> I do not know who this man is. Look. He usually plays, like, bad guys, I think. Okay. Or, like, stern characters who are, like... Yeah, like cops. You can't do that. Mm. (laughs) He was the lead in The Outsider on HBO, where he played... I think he was a cop. I didn't watch The Outsider. That's where I recognize him from immediately. All good. Worth watching? I think so. It's fun. It's scary and based on a Stephen King book, I think. Oh, Yeah. yeah. I've heard of it, I think. Yeah. The, the actors talking about him being on set said that he almost never wore shoes to set and a lot of times also didn't wear a shirt to set, which Very I thought cool. would just kind of like really set a vibe for like who this man is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My man is 51, just showing up to set shirtless. <laughs> Badass. Sh- shirtless, shoeless, and with a mustache? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Power move. Yeah. Um, so at dinner, mom is so fucked up on pills. Oh, yeah. She's telling embarrassing stories. That's when we find out the age difference between the boy and the girl. Her parents don't really react to it too much to their age difference. And I think we kind of find out why later. Wait, should we spoil what's going on with her or no? I mean, mind as well. Okay, so she is very ill. I don't think they necessarily say right out whatever she has, but she goes through chemo, so I'm assuming it's some kind of cancer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you put two and two together. But then it's like she can't breathe, so, like, what's going on there? I don't know. I chalked all of her, like, symptoms up to chemo. Mm -hmm. I've never had anyone, like, terribly close to me go through chemo. Yeah, Um, me neither. So I don't know all of the effects, but I know, like, just general shitty and nauseous is, like, standard. We did watch The Hummingbird Project. Don't talk about it. <laughs> it's Colin's least favorite movie of all time. Oh, and Jesse Eisenberg has cancer. Oh. Don't, it, you don't need to watch it. Okay. It has Jesse Eisenberg and it has Alexander Skarsgård and... Salma Hayek. Yeah, Salma oh, Hayek. Okay. <laughs> it's a movie about drilling a hole through a mountain so you can run wires... So to make the can, internet faster. <laughs> internet faster so that they can trade stocks faster. It's by ridiculous. like milliseconds. <laughs> but it's like it. two hours of that. That's all. That's all. <laughs> it's bad. I um, hated it. But Jesse Eisenberg has cancer and he... I forgot that. I didn't... I remember thinking I was glad, <laughs> actually. <laughs> you wanted him to have cancer. Yeah, his character. Um, his character. Okay, so, yeah, she has cancer or something. So I think her parents are kind of hesitant to really say anything rude to her or ground her or anything like that. They kind of tiptoe around that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, it took me a while to kind of get over that because I was like, what is wrong with these parents like why yeah. why are they letting this 
I think, and this is a discrepancy that I had between the movie and the description that I read. So the description that I read said mm-hmm. terminally ill teen. So I, I kind of knew yeah. that going into the movie, but I feel like in the movie they don't mention how sick she is ever, I don't think. At least not that you I You don't remember. even know that she's sick for a while. Right, I don't think. yeah. That for me was kind of like a, a disconnect where I was just like... So you had the movie spoiled a little bit at the beginning. Like yeah. going into it, you were spoiled a little bit. So you were then waiting for it. Yeah. Mm. I think that was kind of like something that put me off for a little while because I almost didn't believe them until a line that they mm. say later that we saw in the trailer. But What's what they, line? Where they're like, oh, this is such bad parenting or something like that. Or we're such oh, terrible yeah. parents. I can't remember exactly what it was. but Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, well, at least know. they acknowledge it. But then I... When it was over, I was like, oh, I guess it's they're cool with it because they knew she was this ill. Yeah, I have like two points of reference for this. Yeah, like I remember in high school when I was a sophomore, my girlfriend, who was a junior, not wow, to okay. brag, 15 and 17. <laughs> so I'm not about, the only one who dated older in high school. Okay, interesting. Difference. <laughs> yeah, she could take me into R-rated movies at the time. <laughs> Huge perk right there. Uh, no, but she had a friend who was 16 and had cancer, and, like, her parents just gave her a car and, yeah. like, anything you want. They like, wanted to have good last days. Yeah. And, like, once you look from it from that lens, which I remember, fe- like, that really touched me as a, like, hopeful parent someday, like, how terrifying that must feel and how hopeless it must feel and how, of course, like, if you love your child so much and you know they're going to die soon... Yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, you're going to die, and you didn't get to experience the full gamut of life, the all the highs and lows. Like, yeah. Right. Do whatever. Go off. Do you want, do you want to try this? Yeah, go off. Sure. I, I can't say I wouldn't if, right. if I were in that parent situation. Mm-hmm. And there there is a little bit of resistance. They kind of express disapproval of it and but they just don't really like do anything about it yeah yeah so i didn't have the illness aspect of it spoiled for me going into it so Mm -hmm. i was just fully like this is a normal teen girl or whatever and i kind of liked that they started her off as normal oh absolutely so that you're able to see her as like a full like regular just a regular like teen girl before you see her as like a sick dying girl Mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of cool Sucks that you had that spoiled. I know. It was Letterboxd, too. Letterboxd spoiled it for Fucking me. Fucking Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah. I try not to read synopsis as much or as often as possible. Same. I no, usually... As I, little as possible going Yeah, out. I tend to not watch trailers, but maybe I'll start doing that now, just not knowing anything at all about, about movie style. <laughs> I mean, just that's honestly how I prefer alone. it. Yeah, just title yeah. and who, who's in it and who made it, yeah. Yeah, same. That's usually what I know, if that. <laughs> right, yeah. When I saw Relaxer, all I knew about it was the poster, which I thought was cool, <laughs> and I had seen that Andre Highland was in it, and yes. that was all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two so, strong selling points, for sure. Yeah, and that's all I need to go into something. Yeah. Sometimes not even that. <laughs> So she also does these, like, fourth wall breaks throughout the movie. What did y'all think about that? The little uh, eyes to camera. A little glance, maybe a little smirk Mm -hmm. every time. That's why it felt very fleabag to me. Like, get a load of this. I don't know if I liked it. No, I I thought it was... There was some cringe in this movie. (laughs) Sorry, like... You think it was cringe? No, I think there... I don't think the movie was cringe. 
I think there are aspects. It contained some cringe. Yeah, it contained <laughs> some cringe. It's not immune. None of us are immune. It happens. Yeah. And I think for the most part, most of their emotional beats and like most of what they're set out to achieve is done very well. Yeah. And they get the point across very well and they handle very sensitive topics very well, mm-hmm. but it's not immune. So the mom and dad each have like an auxiliary side character of their own that they have like a will they won't they commit adultery side plot with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Toby. Is that his name? I did it not write the down girl, their names. The, the, pregnant oh, wo- name. <laughs> the pregnant woman across the street's name is Toby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I didn't she write down the, the side guys' names <laughs> at all. <laughs> Actors or characters. <laughs> <laughs> And their scenes are almost always presented back to back with each other, too, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So when we meet allegedly Toby, (laughs) (laughs) the dad is just giving her unsolicited smoking advice for her pregnancy, uh, which we love for men to do. I love her line. Yeah, it's not bullshit. I read it on the internet. It doesn't kill babies anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Only in the third trimester or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And she also tells him that he has a dog's name. (laughs) (laughs) Henry, that is a man's name. Uh, Yeah, but I think, I do think that it suits dogs better. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, he is kind of a dog. (laughs) Whoa, woof, woof. (laughs) Uh, And then after that, we meet the mom's side piece, the music teacher guy. I don't. I don't remember his name. I didn't write it down. <laughs> yeah, he's. Oh gosh, I have no idea what his accent was. Where he's. Yeah, from. it was no hard clue. to place, but uh, yeah, he was not Australian. That one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it seems like mom is a musician of some kind, or yeah. was used to be, and this is like her old touring buddy, or they. I don't know. Went to school together. They for but, sure have a history. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I kind of thought that he was like her old flame or something. That's kind of what it felt yeah. like to me. Same. Like he yep. was jealous of when she got with Mila's dad. Yeah, because yeah. they almost got together. Sure. Yeah. So he's a jaded old lover who still kind of has a little bit of a burning hot flame for that woman. Yeah. The mom is kind of forcing Mila to take violin lessons and like play violin, it seems. Mila is still trying to carry on normal life even though she's dying (laughs) yeah she's just trying to live it out at that point we still don't know that she has an illness but they are kind of setting that up Mm -hmm. yeah next scene moses breaks into the house in the middle of the night and is trying to steal their drugs Everybody wakes up. When the dad tries to call the cops, of course, Mila says a cab, and she won't be able to respect him if he calls the police. Yeah, it um, ruled. So. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, this is this rules so hard. It's really funny. And she was like using his psychology speak against him, which was yeah. fun. Yeah, and during the great. cycle of abuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this scene is the first time where we really get the indication that she might have an illness because this is when she comes out bald and she says, I lost my hair. Yeah. And then she convinces her parents to let the man stay for breakfast, and they drop her off at school together. (laughs) Yeah, like, you almost don't have time to process it, how quickly, like, the parents assimilate to every situation that, or, like, this situation in particular, like, he stays over? Like, what, what? He broke in. Yeah. And, And you just, like, once you kind of think about it, it's, like, all of these insane permissions that are happening yeah. Um, yeah, 
I noticed that too. It's it's almost like every decision they make, I, I would just be like, why? I was just totally expecting them to do this or that. But then yeah. I think about it and putting the pieces together, I think it works in the end. But Absolutely. when it happens, like as they're making these decisions, you, I was like, what? Just like throwing my arms up. Like, are you serious? But <laughs> it, but I think it works in the end. Oh, absolutely. I think my first impressions of them in that regard was like they're kind of helpless against her. Right. <laughs> she's just kind of like a belligerent teen and she's going to do what she's going to do regardless of what they say kind of. Vibe. Yeah, yeah. And so they're just like, well, I guess there's not really anything we can do. I mean, speaking from, like I said, literally relating. um, <laughs> You know, my parents certainly reached <laughs> that point. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> At some time. I mean, I was probably like around her age when I was like, I was grounded like all the time for a very long time. I was just, yeah. it didn't really matter if I was good or bad. I was just grounded constantly for nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, there came a time where I was like, okay, so like my mom says I'm grounded to my room. But like, if I leave my room, what's she going to do? You know, or like, yeah, yeah. If I literally leave the house, like, she's what's she yep. gonna do? Tackle me? No, I'm just gonna leave the house. You know? Yeah. Oh, God, do you know how annoying it is when kids at the what shelter I work at when they realize that we have like a point system in place? Mm -hmm. When they realize that it means nothing? Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, shit. We can't <laughs> threaten points, so we have to reason with them. Yeah. So from my perspective, I think that's kind of where I was with that maybe yeah mm -hmm. and she was also kind of manipulating them like i said using his psychology speak against him and everything yeah he's kind of like She's... well you have a point i am perpetuating the cycle of abuse <laughs> <laughs> i mean the more you find out the more that's unraveled you you really start to see mila as a very empathetic character and her decisions start to really make sense yeah. you know as yeah. we're going through it it's like yeah like she's a she's a 16 year old who's facing death yeah. And just accepting it. That's what you fucking have to do. Mm -hmm. And it's just, uh, you know what? Kayla, you get this. YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> I'm always saying YOLO. The, yo <laughs> the YOLO parents. I, I also, I also wrote a note at this. Maybe they know that they can't judge her because they're also kind of like on the mm. side got stuff going on. And yeah. you find out later there's more, not just the kind of people. Stuff that you know. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe they're aware of that and are trying not to be hypocritical, but so I think it, overall. But it parents works. love to be hypocritical. Oh, they do. That's kind of <laughs> they do, right? It's kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's their main game, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when she goes to school, I think with the wig scene where like the other girls asking to put on her wig yeah. I think that that's really where you start to feel how like isolating her experiences mm -hmm. yeah. she's not really relating to her peers this girl's looking forward to like getting extensions in her hair yeah. <laughs> while this girl like literally can't have hair <laughs> takes her wig and starts taking selfies with it like yeah. she you know Mila gives oh, it to, gives it to her yeah but mm -hmm. the way that she was doing it was so it almost felt like she was rubbing it in. It was just like, oh. Yeah. Man. They really accentuated well just the, like, how fucking annoying all of that shit must be to, like, mm -hmm. know that, to be aware, like, yes, I'm the terminal kid. All I would like to be is just live out the rest of my days peacefully, like, nothing's wrong. But, like, all these kids are, like, planning for their future around you. 
And exactly. you're not going to have one. Yeah. Planning for your future and fucking, like, obviously she's going to be treated differently, too. Like, the teachers, oh my god. If I met a 16-year-old with with a terminal illness right now, I would have to restrain myself from doing, like, a, hey, buddy, yeah. kind of yeah. bullshit. Pat on the back. Yeah. yeah. Patronizing. Yeah. Just, you know, like, and they mean their best. I'm, all these people are, like, they're not terribly wrong or bad people or anything. It's just how much it it's just fucking tough. blows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having to go to school every day when, like, school's going to lead nowhere for you, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like... I, I got to be honest. I, I was kind of like, just stay home. Yeah. And there were a couple times where she did. And yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. the mom would ask if she wanted to stay home. And that didn't click for me until we just started talking about this. But, yeah, like, why would you even, <laughs> you know, why even go to school? Like, the timeline is kind of unclear, I felt like. I don't know yeah. how long, you know, the timeline of this movie, like if it was months yeah. or, or a year or whatever. But yeah. um, I feel like there were a few times where she did just not go to school. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I think at first she is trying still to like do all the normal things. She's going to go to the dance. She's going to go to school. She's going to do the violin, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I think part of what attracted her about Moses was his, like, free spirit, like, fuck everything that they say that you're supposed to be doing attitude. absolutely. That that became kind of inspirational to her. He is living YOLO. (laughs) He's got one life, and he is really doing something with it. Yeah, and he's doing what he wants to do every day instead of what anybody tells him to. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of what draws her to him and then kind of brings her back out into the world and mm-hmm. uh, to, like, be experiencing stuff that she wants to do again. Yeah. It's heavy. Heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it only gets heavier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we get a fun scene before that. So we have another back-to-back of the um, auxiliary <laughs> characters where the dad leaves in the middle of a therapy session to go over to the pregnant lady's house to change a light bulb for her. Yeah. I was. <laughs> he gets electrocuted and sells it like The Rock getting Stone Cold Stunnered. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yeah, dude, like five flips. He fully bounces all over the room. And then his hair sticking up. And yeah. She has to get hair gel. Uh, I like that. Yeah. It was a weird and unexpected scene, but it did make me laugh. I'll give it that. Yeah. It just uh, a little goof. <laughs> I mean, these side characters are really like, they could totally just be not in the movie and <laughs> it'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So Moses keeps showing up at their house to visit Mila. And I thought this scene was interesting where he, he shows up to their house. The mom is kind of trying to not let him in at all. And yeah. she just kind of lets him in anyway. And the mom says something like, you can't let him in here, look at the state he's in, because he's clearly, like, hyped up on some kind of drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of interesting, like, how the drug addiction is perceived differently based on the class of the person with the addiction. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because yeah. the mom is also a drug addict. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. she's in the house every day. And then later we also see the dad shooting up. And yeah, morphine just straight into the <laughs> yeah, yeah, takes it right in. But when this like young, you know, person they perceive to be of a lower class, like mm-hmm. you know, homeless boy, also has addiction, they're like, oh, he's dangerous and can't have him around our daughter. Completely unable to use their perspective for any relation or empathy. Yeah, yeah, 
I just thought that was interesting. No, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's a it's a good little commentary they throw in. Yeah. Um, and, of course, he does steal her meds again. <laughs> Look, it's rough on the streets. Let a man get high. <laughs> but it's kind of sad, though, because you know how sick she is and yeah. that he's taking the medicine she, like, literally needs. Yeah. That That's the scene where she gets nauseous and mm-hmm. he has her nausea medicine. Oh, yeah. And she oh, asks him, fuck. like, is that the reason you come here? And he said, yes. But she said, is that the only reason? And he shook his head no and then left. Yeah. So it's also, like, a little bit heartbreaking because <laughs> yeah. she thought they were, like, having a thing. And instead, he's just kind of hanging around to get drugs. But that doesn't stop her from instantly going to find him again. <laughs> yeah. It Look, does not. <laughs> uh, teenagers. There's nothing stopping them. <laughs> nothing. She finds him playing b-ball. They have a little cute date on the train. Mm-hmm. They're having a crush. They go to a party at an art gallery yeah. um, where we see his other girlfriend. <laughs> just another classic uh, heartbreaking skis ball yeah, thing. Yeah, just like, god damn it. Like, just as you're starting to like him again, boom. It's like, oh yeah, he's a skis bag. Like, mm-hmm. through and through. He is, and I think... What I liked about that scene was it showed how much she didn't let it affect her. At least yeah. I felt like because that one take or th- that long take that they did where she's just kind of walking through the party right after you mm-hmm. know he gets pulled away by that other girl. She's mm-hmm. she's just experiencing this, you know, party, this colorful, joyous event that she's just kind of wandering through and then meets this like what even I don't know, is that like a performer or something? There's like someone in a silver suit. Yeah, some kind of, yeah, performance artist. Yeah, and then has that like brief interaction with them. And then doesn't she just kind of start dancing like after that? She goes to dance with another boy. Oh, with yeah, the boy who invited right. them to the party. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's already had some drinks at that point as well. Yeah, she dances the night away with that other boy. And this part of the movie too, they also have a tune yards jam. Are y'all tune yards heads? <laughs> I've the music heard. in this movie was bop, 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 bop. It all ruled. I Yeah, I liked the soundtrack to this movie a lot. I thought that this particular song was a little jarring to me that they played in this part of the movie. Tune Yards are one of those bands that like I associate with like a certain time period, like 10, mm-hmm. 12 years ago or whatever, like with MGMT or like Modest Mouse or like yeah. whatever bands like that that are like so 2010 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is this song here? And it's also one of the only songs that are is like a real song, like not song. just instrumental. Yeah. yeah. I felt it was a little jarring. But I don't know. Apparently just me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't recall it being jarring. It also felt like dated because of like being that specific band. I don't know. I felt like the movie felt kind of timeless. Like I don't think I remember any specific I felt that way until that one song. Like that's why it was so jarring for me. Yeah. 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 So she's dancing the night away with this other boy. And then Moses comes in and gets jealous. Even though he has no right to be. Classic skis bag move. Like, he's ticking all the boxes. Yeah. And he pushes that man off and takes her outside where she pukes. And, yeah, he's just really playing with her emotions, I think. Like, I don't know. One second he likes her. The next second he's ditching her for another girl. The next second he likes her again. It's like, what's going on here? I feel like that moment, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but he kind Mm -hmm. of fell into that situation. Like, maybe he didn't know that that other girl was going to be there 
And he's like, oh, oops. Well, but he has the other girl. True. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I didn't know my second girlfriend was going to be here. Sorry. Well, didn't didn't he didn't he mention her earlier? Oh, yeah. I guess so. Sort of. He said. I feel like she kind of. I wouldn't call her my girlfriend. Yeah, something like that. And then it was just one of those situations where it's just like, oh, whoops. Well, this is awkward, I guess. But then in the end, decided no, I want you. So took her outside and Yeah. yeah. I had a different reading, which was. Uh, he's a classic skis bag, and he is just trying to hold on to both. Okay. Yeah. He's op- he's opportunistic. Like, he... He doesn't want to lose Mila because he wants the drugs. He wants the drugs, and you know what? I think he also appreciates the validation. I think so, too, yeah. yeah. It probably doesn't hurt. He likes the attention, yeah. He seems like a kind of guy who doesn't have a lot of people actually caring for him. And yeah. the fact that she does, whether or not he reciprocates that feeling... Is yeah, really powerful to him. Yeah, he has he has clients, but his family kicked him out of the house and yeah, yeah. barely knows his dad, so he knows it, if he wants a good meal and some beer, he can beer. He can go <laughs> over to Mila's. So after they leave the party, they go to a little bar restaurant karaoke night and do a cute dance. Uh, to some soul music. I love the dancing in this movie a lot. I did too. Because I feel like that's yeah. exactly how I dance. So oh, yeah? I was like wanting to get up and dance with them. Aww. <laughs> I've mean, been dancing a lot all lately. goofy. They just flailing their arms, or at least Mila. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, I really, all those sequences made me smile. I, I really liked that. I yeah, agree. it was great. They're all very sweet. I've heard her talk about her experience with the dancing. That she said that she was she's not really a dancer. She doesn't do dancing much. Mm-hmm. But yeah. her and the kid who plays Moses both made finstas during their time <laughs> working on this movie as their character. And she posted a video of her dancing every day on her finsta oh, that's to amazing. kind of get in the zone for <laughs> nice. uh, practicing just like going balls out dancing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But yeah, so they have a cute dance here and... I don't know. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> to, say, really yeah, to say the least. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> My note says he kind of is a cute little heathen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, like, you never fully hate Moses. Moses. No. It's hard uh, to, I think, for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, he yeah. never goes full on like, fuck that guy. You're no, kind like, of just <laughs> as torn around yeah. as she is. He's yeah. a scamp. He's a rascal. He's a, he's a little vagabond. Like, but he can be a cutie and a sweetie if he wants to. Yeah. So they go up to the roof and she falls asleep and he bails, though. So then yeah. he's not cute anymore again. Yeah. That's a moment where I said, fuck that guy. Yeah, because, I don't know, she tries to wake up and get up and he's like, no, 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 you go back to sleep. And then he just fully bails. That sucked, yeah. Yeah. And her parents are looking for her. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting. Mom is straight up bringing up all their like relationship stuff in this moment. <laughs> yeah. It's not great timing. And he, he lets her know that. In so many words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more and more through the movie starting around here, I think you kind of realize that Mila is kind of the one holding everybody together. And yeah. It's unclear where anybody will be once she's gone, and I think they know that too. Yeah. I think also um, the mom here, and we see in another scene especially, you know, they're both obviously going through a lot because they're about to lose a kid and their marriage is whatever, but 
I think that the way they handle things is so opposite. Like the mom is so outward with her anxiety, just like projecting it onto everything and taking up all the space in the room. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and the dad is kind of the opposite, like taking everything inside internally mm-hmm. and quietly. Just interesting. Treating everything like therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a thing that happens. There are, I will speak in generalities. Sure. There are like kids of doctors, psychiatrists, like social workers, pe- people who deal with quote unquote problems on the outside mm-hmm. and at home attempt their methods and they don't work. Because yeah. it's like... Your kid's gonna call you on your shit. Like, that's why I'm grateful that my parents have never tried to human resource me or account accounting me. <laughs> yeah, thank God for that. That's why you're normal now. <laughs> Bingo. Um, so Mila does wake up alone and can't breathe. Around this time. Okay. Around this time my notes say Yet another move. Yet another movie making me jealous of terminal teens. Is that Colin, illegal? Why? To write? I think Is that that's illegal. illegal. To write? First of all, I think that's illegal. I think they're gonna try and cancel you for 2021. <laughs> and uh, why did you? Why? Yeah, why did what? you write that? <laughs> I think this, this girl was wakes around... up alone and can't breathe and has no, to. No, it was a little so after, jealous was, of that. It was after this <laughs> that I was realizing like she can do whatever she wants, and they'll give her any amount of money. And then I started thinking about the Fallen Our Stars with Shailene uh, Woodley. Uh, never watched. I did not see it. Big suck fest. Don't watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, she gets to go to fucking Germany and shit. I, it like, what? And it's just, like, charities and shit. They're giving away this money. But... Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but in this movie, they're not doing that at all. <laughs> I know, I know. It just got me on a on a. They're just. Being I'm not saying a the note more, is good. Yeah, but the, I mean, I they're being a little more lenient, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. No, absolutely. Would have um, if she yeah. didn't have this illness. But yeah. I I liked like something I really liked about this movie was that even though it is a movie about a girl with a terminal illness that they didn't spend their time doing that, like, carpe diem, like, bucket list kind of stuff. Yeah. And also that that it didn't go into melodrama, like, I don't think ever. Like, yes. it, it didn't have that, like, sticky sentimentality that a lot of, like, coming of age and, like, people dying movies have. Yeah. And it didn't feel sappy. It didn't feel like a soap opera. It just felt real. And I think that's what yeah. I appreciated about it. Yeah, and you almost never see the inside of a hospital. We only have one tiny scene inside of a hospital. Yeah, movies love to just show people in hospital beds for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, this movie does an excellent job of that. So she does have a chest infection after the night's out, and that is the one hospital scene, but it's barely even... I mean, it's so short, but she does try and leave the hospital because... She thinks Moses won't be able to find her there because he doesn't have like a phone or an address or anything. Their relationship has always depended on one of them physically finding the other and he's not going to know she's in the hospital. So she tries to leave. I think she's in the hospital for a while. She doesn't show back up in the movie for a minute. But we've already mentioned like the time is so 
weird, like, who knows how much time is anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so while she's in the hospital, like, the parents are losing it. The mom is continuing to outwardly be anxious about everything. She freaks out about the water pressure. She's gone off all her meds since... Mila came back from being gone that night. You know, you'd think it's not good for your brain to just, like, shock it with irregular, uncontrolled prescription drugs, but it's actually, it's like cleansing yourself. Then when, like, when you just go off, you're like, wow, I'm great. Yeah. Uh, medicine that helps with yeah, she, disorders. She's Quit them cold turkey. Like, That's what I've learned. <laughs> yeah. She, at one point she says, I, I mixed my Zoloft for two Xanaxes. And that's a big fucking switch. Yeah. That's like... It seems like the dad had just been, like, writing her so many prescriptions. Yeah, it's kind of like a la carte for her. You know, she can yeah. kind of get whatever he she wants. Yeah. I guess in Australia, they don't monitor that shit. <laughs> right. She's losing it. And she goes to her little side piece again. And, yeah, there's still, like, that will-they-won't-they they kind of leftover heat between them. But... Nothing happens. It seems like the the man was maybe trying to make something happen, Mm -hmm. but then nothing. She says no. However, the dad, on the other hand, (laughs) goes over to the pregnant neighbor and gives her a big old smooch. Just a big smooch. So he's now, because he's kept everything inside, he's straight up exploding. (laughs) Yeah, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Where the mom is weirdly more in control. Yeah, he's very sorry about it, too. I think he apologizes like... Five or six times when he's walking Mm -hmm. away. (laughs) Yeah. Still a weird thing to just go and do, though. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And right after that is when the mom goes to his office, as apparently she does every Tuesday, and finds him shooting up morphine. Yeah, that's a big surprise. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, this is the first time I've done it, but like... Clearly, you don't go from, like, zero to shooting up morphine, right? You have to, like, there's equipment involved. Like, you have to figure out how to even do shooting up. Like, there's there's all kinds of things involved here. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to that one. Not really super (laughs) (laughs) user-friendly. I was trying to think of a word for, like, intuitive. There we go. Cut. Cut it. (laughs) Cut everything I've said, please. So, yeah. So, the parents are getting more and more unhinged. And Dad asks Moses to come and live with them now. From zero to living with us, please. Just At this point, I was like, you know what? Sure. Go balls (laughs) to the wall. I felt like it almost was a reaction to the way he acted that day where it's just like i'm screwing up and so sure this guy's a screw up but makes my daughter happy so come on in yeah he falls back on like what i said earlier like she's gonna die yeah yeah the more you ruminate on that like what it means for like your 16 year old daughter to die the harder it gets to think rationally or irrationally however you want to look at it because like i this is an allowance that i'm like it's definitely compounded with the reaction of the kiss and everything and she's been in the hospital so it's like seeming more and more serious whatever's going on with her yeah and for whatever reason he makes her happy all these people they are just stressed the fuck out we just want to see the girl smile again yeah yeah she does come home from the hospital there's like four or five 
of those title screens that I have no notes underneath because they go so fast. <laughs> yeah, it went boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, so, or it's just one shot. Like, yeah. like, there's the one about, like, the dead talking to Mila or the ghosts or something, and it's her just yeah. kind of looking out a window for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, what the dead said to Mila, they use the uh, Apocalypse Now lighting, right? Yeah, totally. The same yeah, one that's did. in that part of Relaxer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> She just sits there with the apocalypse now lighting for like three minutes, <laughs> then looks at camera. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did enjoy it, but it's like, what's going on here? Uh, I guess the dead are talking to her. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a moment of reflection and of silent yeah. prayer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was a nice shot. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. It was pretty. Her mom gets her the dress. The beautiful dress that she was going to wear to her dance, but clearly she's not going to any dance. She puts on the dress and finds the lump. Fuck, yeah. And everything starts coming out. Uh, She kind of figures out that her dad had been giving Moses drugs. When Moses moved in, the agreement was, I'll write you all the prescriptions you want, basically. After tackling (laughs) him. (laughs) How does this man have a license? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he didn't need to go that far. He could have just been like... I get samples every now and then. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I can give you a Xanax. (laughs) It was a lot. Yeah, he he was all in and writes him prescriptions, which I think if we're talking like realism would probably hopefully get checked out <laughs> like this guy yeah. is not a patient you're writing him a lot of prescriptions yeah for drugs yeah. that people like to sell in the streets what's that all about but who knows what um, they're yeah. doing in the I, outback i don't know what it's like in australia <laughs> i don't know what their pharmaceutical and medical <laughs> systems like but <laughs> yeah so Moses has been super fucked up on drugs, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time that she's realizing what's all going on here and that he's kind of been bribed to come and stay with them. She kind of probably thought he was just coming there because he liked her. Yeah. And she kicks him out. And he tries to go back home, but his mom and brother are still not having him. So he's kind of lost puppy. On Christmas, too. Yeah. Yeah. That was sad. Bringing your little brother into this. Yeah. yeah. So because he has nowhere else to go, he does come back and alleges that he wants to be with her. (laughs) (laughs) So she kind of convinces him to go clean, I guess, because he detoxes. Yeah. For him, it's the most concrete way to show dedication. Yeah. Right. Because it's not an easy thing to go through. And no. uh, and she goes through it with him, and that was you know kind of sweet. So I, I think that's kind of a redeeming moment for him, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? He's gonna date that sixteen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like, are we rooting for him to date her, or like <sighs> unclear, like how we're really supposed to feel? Just other than, I mean, it is real. It's realistic, I guess. It's yeah. yeah it puts the audience in an interesting position because like. You like them. You want them to be together, right? Because that's where the story leads you. But but it's like, do you? Right. <laughs> now you have, you have a social moray hanging over. And you look at and then you're like, well, her parents are okay with it. So should I be? Like, it, there's so many things in, involved with the whole situation where you are constantly being pulled back and forth. Or at least I was. It's just like, yeah. Doubt. So next is her birthday. Strange cast of characters at her at her birthday yeah <laughs> like just ev- everyone every- who's in the movie is, is <laughs> yeah. there every character who's been in the movie so far <laughs> i like that <laughs> give me let me let me see them all again yeah oh, that one 
Uh, you know, I forgot about the little kid who, you know, learned violin. Oh, the violin he kid, yeah. Missed school or something. And then he just kept showing up at the just violin class. Like, who even is this kid? <laughs> he missed school and now lives with the music teacher. I actually kind of like how they never explain who he was or why he kept going there. Because it seemed like it was an accident the first time we're introduced to him, but he yeah. keeps showing up, like yeah, everywhere, he's, he's always yeah. there. And then for smart. for this scene, my note was, "What the fuck is Toby doing there?" Like, I, I thought it was so awkward. <laughs> I, it felt like it'd be that, that's the yeah. pregnant woman, the pregnant woman. I was like, "What is she yes, doing?" Thank there? you. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, Both of the parents' auxiliary partners. Yeah. Are there. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. At their dying daughter's birthday, yeah. last birthday, probably. <laughs> and she has no other friends right. at all. Right. No. The, um, oh, yeah. The, the, only, the only one who's not there is the girl who was trying on the wig. Like, yeah. the, the only other speaking part, I feel like, who wasn't oh, there yeah. was the girl that was trying on the wig. Who you would think yeah. is her friend, but no, that girl Look, is not. That wig not, shit. Yeah. Fall <laughs> out of here with that. <laughs> I listened to an interview with the director where she noted that they also intentionally placed a bunch of Day of the Dead items around the party as like an Easter uh, egg. Oh. I didn't notice those. I didn't either, but that's problematic, right? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. <laughs> we don't know uh, their, their connection to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These white Australian right. people. <laughs> I didn't mention this up top, but the main actress, what's her name? Eliza Scanlon also got yes. in a lot of trouble for being racist last year. Ah, uh, standing. <laughs> oh, that reminded me of something else I saw in that interview. What's this? The guy who plays Moses is such a himbo. Uh, <laughs> it's incredible. And he told a story about how the way that their house is set up, it's kind of like a U and all of the walls are glass sliding doors and he walked into a door and spilled coffee everywhere. <laughs> cool. Outstanding. I can totally see him doing that too. Like, absolutely. It's incredible. Okay. We're at the birthday party. Yes. Yeah. And I think she's really starting to look rough at this birthday party, right? Yeah, she's I would say like so. glass legs. Yeah. And now that Moses isn't on drugs, he chomped his rat tail off. Boo. And he does a little dance. He does do a dance. Yeah. And when he's, <laughs> when he's doing his dance, that camera makes some choices. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Pointed right at his butt for a bit. <laughs> and his opposite of butt. I won't say that. That's for the Patreon listeners. We're not allowed to say those words on pod. <laughs> They're going to catch us for that one. FCC's yeah. cracking down. <laughs> they already heard me say do sex earlier. That's close enough. Um, yeah, we're really, really making this R-rated here. I mean, the, mo the movie was R-rated, but this podcast, almost. yeah, it's getting into X-rated territory here. <laughs> But yeah, they do some. They do a extreme close up, <laughs> extreme weenie close up. Ew! Um, don't <laughs> extreme bleep close up. Thank you. <laughs> but it's like he's just doing like a normal dance. He's not like doing a weenie dance. I mean, a bleep dance. He does. And... He does a thrust right in the beginning. <laughs> just one. But then, little but thrust. then the rest of the dance is very wholesome and, and wonderful. All right, everyone, stop! <laughs> I'm getting entirely too. Uh, this is too erotic. <laughs> 
Uh, Colin's cool waiting down, for marriage cool before he hears the term. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, he doesn't dance. <laughs> and then her and her mom play a little tune. And it was cute. And they're having one last tune together. It's a very precious moment. Yeah. It is very precious. But in the middle of their tune, the one chick goes into labor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone leaves. Dude, everyone. <laughs> like, why <laughs> did everyone done. need to go? We established that the one guy had a car that could totally take her to the hospital, but like the parents are Everyone's going. Everyone's <laughs> just out of there. <laughs> so you gotta get out of here. <laughs> the kids, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the only one left behind is Moses. He doesn't care about the baby. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so then we start getting into devastating territory, I think. Yeah, if you thought the last section was. Was gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, yeah, are rolling around in bed, being cute, etc. Mm-hmm. And she asks Moses to end her life. Yeah. Compassionate release, if you will. <laughs> uh, asking for assisted suicide. Yeah. There's and, a word for that. Yes, euthanasia. She asks him to euthanize her. <laughs> euthanize. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's euthanasia. (laughs) It sounds better to me. Okay, look. It's funnier. (laughs) Okay, yeah, she asked him to euthanasia her Uh, with the the pillow to um, suffocate her. She goes into great detail of, like, how her body will react to being suffocated and how long to hold the pillow over her face. Yeah. And, yeah, it's very devastating. It was rough because um, I at first I thought it was kind of a kind of like a joke, like she was doing this kind of tongue in cheek. But it's then mm-hmm. you realize that oh no, she's serious. Is he gonna do it? And then he does, and I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> and like his acting in this part was so good. Like you just see him go from being like playful, kind of in love, to being like just so upset. Yeah, but it was also really rough. trying to. He's trying to do the right thing. In his mm-hmm. own mind, yeah. but he's really seen all of this sorrow and She's in pain. Yeah. She says, like, I don't think I can take another morning. I can't breathe. Everything hurts. Like, she's clearly suffering. So, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a really hard choice to have to make. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, he does try and kill her. <laughs> <laughs> there was an attempt. But uh, unsuccessful. And then they... Do sex. <laughs> yeah, that's one great. <laughs> a near murder, suicide slash type thing. Nothing makes you hornier than that. So apparently nothing. Yeah, because <laughs> they went directly in. Yeah, it I was. Mean, there was no. <laughs> the, the pillow came off, and then it was. There was it no was, fluff. It was time, time to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and after they do that, uh, her baby tooth falls out. Yes. I never actually said up top, but <laughs> the whole thing was that she still has a baby tooth. Yeah. It's uh, briefly mentioned towards the beginning. Yeah. Uh, kind of yeah. feels like a throwaway line. Yeah. <laughs> Almost it like is, it's setting yeah. up this moment here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so the tooth falls out perfectly, roots and all. Next morning, we see mom and dad are like being playful, like, oh, do you think the kids are doing sex? Mm-hmm. And mom's like, oh, I'm going to go check. You know, like they're being all cute and playful. And Moses comes out first. Mm-hmm. And I think dad instantly knows that something is 
sus. Yeah, his like, whole his whole body language changes once uh, yeah. Watch Moses comes Very out. Quick. Yeah, I mean. It was rough. It was all rough. Ever since the euthanasia scene, I was pretty much ugly crying through the rest of the movie, I think. She's passed away in the bed through the night. So she had her one last, like, romp, though. It's just, like, the hard part is that, like, they're in such a good, like, fun mood, finally. Yeah. (laughs) And then just, like, the tone shift instantly like makes it so much more devastating and just that the interaction of the mother and uh moses there's like this thing running through the movie where he always wants to smoke a cigarette and she's always like outside you know outside. and then he's like kind of halfway in the house halfway out and there's Mm -hmm. this moment where you know after she realizes that she lost her daughter where she like goes over and basically like attacks him like smoking you know kind of Mm -hmm. inside and that was that moment really hit me hard because it was like a playful thing for the whole movie and then all of a sudden it's just this real grief and just she loses it she just absolutely loses it yeah uh yeah understandably yeah she's basically like you killed my daughter yeah (laughs) (laughs) after this they flashback memory to a beach date that mm-hmm. we never saw mm-hmm. while she was alive, but she's alive in the memory. And yeah, they're just trying to have like a fun day on the beach, but she's tired and just can't, you can like tell that she can't keep up or yeah. be normal, yeah. <laughs> even if she wants to. And that's where she asks her dad to look after Moses when she's gone. She says, I'm going to enjoy becoming a part of the sky like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's like pretty much ready to die. Mm-hmm. And the dad's trying not to cry. He is crying, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so was I. He pulls it off, yeah. though. <laughs> not a dry eye in the house. Oh, no. I mean, it was just really devastating, I think, the way that they yeah. did it. I liked that they had this last memory. And then the ocean waves become the credits. Mm-hmm. Which after a while, it's there's no music even. It's just ocean wave sounds. Yeah. I kind of like that it left you to like meditate on your feelings. Oh, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I watched the whole the whole credits and just kind of me too. Got there just like, wow. I, I had to, yeah, it took me a minute to, to process everything. Do some yeah. fucking grounding exercises yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after that one. Yeah, it was just so sad. It was sad. Um, yeah. But I think that, or and maybe you were going to get to this, Kayla. But um, the the play, how the play was structured. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to talk about that, or well, you can say because I told yeah, you I've talked so, a lot. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Kayla told me that in the play, it starts off with Mila dying, and then oh, the whole, okay. and then in the play, the whole story is like. Yeah. Before that, before you showed up, Colin and I uh, told Kayla, like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I, I kind of almost wish that they started the movie that way. But I think that ending the movie with that memory, that, like, happy memory after she died, I think that was a really smart way to end it if you weren't going to start it with her death. With her dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really felt like you can end a film with that grieving group of three just mourning the death of mm-hmm. someone they love but to give it that note at the end that it's like it's okay like yeah, death, yeah. it really they've kind said of their helps piece kind of it kind of helps you just feel better about it it helps you look at the inevitability of death and say a little easier like okay mm-hmm. yeah and i felt like in that scene to me it felt like the first time that they were all on the same page of like this is the reality I am going to die, but I'm okay with it. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and I need you guys to be as well. And so that's yeah. why I really, really love that last scene. It was the perfect way to end it, yeah. I think. It, it Absolutely. There apparently was an alternate ending that would show like the parents in their house and like Moses is still there. Like either he lives there, or he comes and visits, like they're all a little family together mm-hmm. yeah. afterwards. But I'm kind of glad that they didn't go with that. Leave that shit open. Yeah, I like this. I like this ending a lot. I do too, mm-hmm. yeah. I think without opening it with her dying, I would have felt let down if they ended with that scene of them all realizing that Mila had just died or the one that you just mentioned. Yeah. I don't think I would have been, I don't think that would have been satisfying to me if I it agree. ended that way. Mm-hmm. And then giving you that time in the credits Oh yeah. to, to chill out and get back to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's Roll Creds. End of movie. Woo! Okay, so we have to rate this out of five. So what do y'all think? I really liked it. There are aspects of it that I didn't love, kind of dragged at points, a little long. I would argue, you know, there's some fat that could be cut, but like, I liked it overall. It was great. So freaking three and a half. Okay. Jackson, what do you think? Yeah, I... I agree with Colin. I mean, it was almost two hours long. Yeah. And some of it did feel like if it was taken out, it wouldn't really affect the the story and the character's development too much. I think that we were talking about that end scene. Like, right when it ended, I always have a hard time giving movie stars. And my first thought was three. Like, I had this kind of, like, Midwest Mm -hmm. mom review in my head where I just thought, that was a nice movie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I get it. It was a nice movie. But I think that after kind of sitting with those waves and the little bit of research I did afterwards and talking with y'all about it, uh, probably Mm -hmm. agree with Colin at a three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Bordering on a four. um, Mm -hmm. I did enjoy it, but I think that there were some things that while I was watching it, I was just like, ah, kind of. Were you directing it? I didn't like that or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I, I I think that maybe I do that. <laughs> like I think maybe yeah. something, but like uh, a few things where it's like, that's not the choice I would have made, you know, yeah. or, yeah. but again, that doesn't mean that it's a bad choice. Like I'm sure yeah. I make terrible choices as a director as well, but um, no, overall three and a half. Yeah. But maybe a four bordering on four. How about you? I do agree with y'all that there, yeah, there were some things that could be cut. It was a little long. There were a couple parts that were a little slow. But I really like how they told the story. Um, yeah. And it's not often that I am so devastated by a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we already said, but it was literally me. So uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to go for all right. And would we recommend it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I, w- I yeah. would recommend it. All right. Yeah's all around. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now it's time for Screen Vomit. In this part of the podcast, we just go off about whatever else we've been watching lately, uh, movies, shows, whatever. Yeah. Colin, what have you been watching? Never watched a Werner Herzog movie. Oh, uh, which one did you I watch? I watched two back to back. Okay. Uh, so I watched Grizzly Man. Okay. Outstanding. Yes. I just adored it. Yeah. Um, and then I watched uh, Nosferatu, the vampire. 
Aww. from 1979. Uh, I fucking love Nosferatu the Vampire. Absolutely <laughs> watch Werner Herzog's Nosferatu. I have not seen that one. Super good. I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is on Netflix. Rock Das, it's fucking Viola Davis. I think one of Chadwick Boseman's last roles in the studio with uh, Ma Rainey and her band. Ma Rainey was the uh, godmother of the blues. I think it's just mother. I get whatever. Matriarch of the blues. Uh, it's good. Definitely worth watching. For my Criterion Challenge, I watched Pierre Le Fou, directed by Jean-Luc Godard from 1965. And that is my first French New Wave film. And you know what? I didn't hate it. It took some weird turns. And <laughs> I watched Flatliners. <laughs> Wait, the original or the remake? The original. Okay. Oh, God, that's what I've been watching. That's it. I got nothing to say about Flatliners. Kevin <laughs> Bacon. Actually, I do. Everyone in it is hot. Okay. <laughs> Jackson, what have you been watching? So, recently, I've been working my way through Kelly Reichart's, uh, or Reichart's filmography. She has a new movie called First Cow, which I have not seen yet. Mm. But, I've been hearing uh, all about yeah. that one. That's yeah, who did Wendy I'm, and Lucy, too, right? Yes, uh, she did Wendy yeah. and Lucy, and uh, recently I've talked I about that on Pod before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great yeah. movie. Very good, very sad. Yes. So the most recent one I watched was Old Joy. That's the one with uh, Bonnie Prince Billy in it, right? Yeah, Bonnie Prince Billy is great uh-huh. in that movie. Delivers one of the best monologues I think I've ever seen. Oh wow! And so I highly recommend that one. Uh, River of Grass cool. was her first feature. Um, mm-hmm. That was a fun one. I also watched In the Mood for Love. By Wong Kar Wai. I really loved his film Chungking Express, uh, which oh, I saw a yeah. long time ago. But yeah, I want to watch more of his work. Last night I watched a movie called Rent a Pal, which was pretty awesome. It's directed by this guy named John Stevenson. It was a weird, dark comedy set in the 90s about a guy who makes friends with a VHS tape, like a guy oh. who's on a VHS tape. That was really fun, really dark and disturbing as well. Surreal uh, shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I've been doing a Fast and Furious movie marathon with my neighbor you who lives downstairs. Because I've never <laughs> yeah. seen any of them. Uh, I've, what? I've never? never? Seen a, I've not seen a single Fast and Furious movie until last oh. Friday. Oh my God. And, You're uh, in okay. for just yeah. like... Yeah, oh. so we watched one and Beautiful. two. <laughs> and then uh, I think we're watching three and four this weekend. So. Oh, hell yeah. All about family. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All about family. The newer ones are so good. And, th- and that's what I've heard. Like, I kind of had an aversion to them for one reason or another. And yeah. he said, they it's get a like bad the rap. only, yeah, he said it's like the only series that gets better as it goes on. He said, yeah. the first, yep. like, four. Yep. And you know what? Five. TBH, like, you don't even have to go through them to, like, get there. You can pop in with seven and, like, be totally, you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It, but I'm they're a, really, I'm like, just a fun romp. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I <laughs> That's get what it. I've realized. I mean, even one and two were barely connected. So it's just like, yeah. okay what they're doing here get ready for tokyo drift <laughs> it's come up on pod before because collie watched five recently but Very it's good. like i mean those kind of movies are just like there is story that goes between them but it like doesn't even matter all it is is you no. just being like hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah for like hell two yeah. hours and then yeah, exactly. it's over and you had a great time yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it rips <laughs> yeah and then uh tv i recently finished all of silicon valley uh, that was fun. Okay. And, I watched uh, the first like three seasons when they were like on and I never same. went back. So I Same. Need to. I think that it finishes 
all right. But I think the first three were probably the best. Um, oh yeah. So I, I would I would check it out if you liked it. But um, and then Raised by Wolves uh, was another recent series that I watched. Um, what it's is on that? HBO Max. It's this sci-fi epic about these uh, androids that are raising children on a foreign planet. Um, uh, it's kind of this post-apocalyptic sci-fi epic. I don't know. It's really cool. It's good. Uh, yeah. It, it ends on a cliffhanger. Not, I don't think that's a spoiler. <laughs> but um, so hopefully, hopefully there's a season. Yeah, two. Yeah. Wow. Ruined but, the show. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there's a season two because I really dug it. Um, sorry if you don't like those cliffhanger spoilers. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was that it for you? But yeah. Yeah. Pretty much okay. it. Oh yeah. Kayla, what have you been um, watching? So I watch, as of now, the first six episodes of the new season of Search Party are up. So I obviously watched those. I love Search Party so much. And Andre Highland, friend of the pod, <laughs> has a cameo in one episode, which is incredible. We get to see him be scary, which is like different for what we normally get to see him doing. Do you watch? Um, I have not, but I've been wanting to see that episode in particular but i mean i might as well just dive in and start watching the show dude it honestly goes so fast it goes so fast because they're like 20 or 30 minutes oh yeah Yeah. that's perfect yeah and and it's such like engaging story that it really flies like i watched the first two seasons in like a couple days like it went so fast (laughs) um i think this show is so specifically like targeted towards queer people as well like Mm -hmm. they just have so many good like in jokes for us yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's like so many treats and so many like queer icons on the show too we got like non-binary icon cola scola we got like john early we got obviously alia shawcat uh benito skinner and alia in the new season two like gets to do so much crazy stuff yeah it's a great show popping off so good um i love it and yeah, the Andre cameo was incredible. <laughs> Worth everything. I expect nothing less. Okay, what else did I watch? I watched The Wackness, which is a movie from 2008 with Josh Peck uh, of Drake and Josh fame. It also has Mary-Kate Olsen. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so I went into the movie expecting it to be really bad but it actually was really cute story he's like a drug dealer who falls in love with a girl and she breaks his heart i mean basically sure the story but i don't know it's just so cute i recommend the whackness i got two more i watched taxi driver for the first time oh, hey. oh, i'd never so seen it. good yeah so good colin he reminded me of you at one point yes <laughs> Uh, <laughs> There's like five minutes of him uh, just getting ripped and then getting a bunch of guns. <laughs> yep, that's me, baby. That, I tell you I what, was like, like this is my friend Colin. <laughs> my life is kind of horseshoe theory with Taxi Driver in that, like, I loved it when I was a really depressed teenager mm-hmm. in like early high school, and then as I got older, I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's good, but it's kind of like melodramatic. Now, 28 years old. I'm right back where I was. You love like it again? Oh, it's great. 15. It's a great movie. I'm just like... I mean, it's, it's, a, it's objectively gorgeous. great. You can't you can't yeah. really say anything yes. against it. Uh, <laughs> it's obviously problematic. He is a bad boy. <laughs> oh, he's bad he's to bad the boy. bone. Yeah. I famously only like good boys and not bad boys. So. That's why your favorite movie is good boys. Yeah. <laughs> so Pretty it good. was I hard for boys. me. Um, good boys no, was but, good. <laughs> 
But yeah, I don't know. There's nothing really to say. It's a good movie, obviously. It's one of the biggest classics of all time. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> to even that out, I watched this movie, The Voices, with Ryan Reynolds. Oh my god, I watched that years ago. <laughs> Absolutely unhinged film. Yeah. Um, it's unclear what exactly mental condition he's supposed to have. I think some form of schizophrenia. Yeah. His dog and cat talk to him, and then he starts killing all these women, and he cuts their heads off, and their heads talk to him, and uh, that's, I yeah. guess that's the plot. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucked up and weird. Um, but it was actually kind yep, of fun I can, to watch. I can dig it. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why I watched it. Whatever. It was fun. That's that's it. I hate to end on that, but um but that's all that I watched. That's the most week. recent movie oh, you watched, okay. yeah. <laughs> Jackson, what do you have to plug or tell people where they can find you and your stuff, etc.? I have a production company uh, that I recently rebranded as Ezo Productions. So you can check that out at ezoproductions.com, which is just E-Z-O and then the word productions.com. Mm-hmm. And on that on that website, it's also uh, kind of a landing page for my personal site. So you can connect all my socials there. I guess as far as projects go, my most recent short film is available to watch online. It's called License and Registration. You can find that on Vimeo or on my website. Oh, good. Thank you. My partner, Gene, and I co-directed a music video that's coming out on February 11th for a band called Lipstick Jody, and that, I believe, will be out by the time this episode comes out. So that will be probably everywhere, uh, YouTube and other socials there. And then uh, I guess another plug is just we've been mentioning Sob Noise. Check out some Sob Noise movies if you haven't. Ape, Relaxer, Buzzard, The Alchemist Cookbook, good stuff. Michigan-made movies. Coyote, too. Oh, yeah, Coyote. (laughs) I forget about that one because it's a short, but that is definitely a Sob Noise joint. Part of it. Yeah. (laughs) And they're all free and available on your services except for Ape. Ape's the only yeah. one you got to pay for. <laughs> yeah. Is that all your plugs? <laughs> those, are, those are my plugs. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. You can find us on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit. One word on all the things. Um, subscribe on your podcast app if you haven't already. Give us a rating and review. Tell your friends, etc. You can send us an email at ScreenRomitPod at gmail.com with your thoughts on this movie or other movies, suggest a movie, etc. Hey, if you want to hear me talk about work and uh, labor and unions and stuff and real dumb dorky shit like that, I got another podcast called How to Fire Your Boss, Baby, and it is running. <laughs> it's How to Fire Your Boss. <laughs> yeah. Did I not say yeah, it? I was going to say the movie, The Boss Baby, <laughs> How to Fire the Boss Baby. How to, oh, How to Fire Your Boss is the... Look, I just but, felt like we should clarify. <laughs> I guess I should create a spinoff podcast, How to Fire the Boss Baby. <laughs> but let's do it. <laughs> oh, my yeah. Thanks, Jackson, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Hell yeah. All right, and we'll see everybody else next week. Bye-bye. Bye.
We love to. We love to. Nope, I can't get that. <laughs> How do Australians say la, love, love? Jackson, try it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Australians so say. Let's do it. Love. Colin's doing it. Uh, I just love Put it in a sentence. I love, love you. <laughs> I love you. Love you. Hey! <laughs> love. Ah! Yeah, you know we, we didn't say that they like one of the coolest words they say in Australian. Nar. Tattoo. <laughs> he had a face tattoo. Tattoo. <laughs> tattoo. Oh man, I wish I would have written down more funny words in Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were speaking Australian in this movie, and it was yeah. sometimes hard to. <laughs> <you know. laughs>